Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Table on Air, your primary source for learning about what's new, what's happening, and what's what in black LGBTQ culture. For those that don't know, I'm your host, Darius Caffey, and I thank you for showing up to this space. We're about to get real, real, a little deep, and maybe a little teary, but we're gonna have some fun, so stick around for the ride. We have another special guest joining us today from the film industry, but for now, here's the latest and greatest in this week's Black Report. So, lately I've been doing a lot of thinking about life in general, you know, where I've been, what I've done, what I'm doing, I guess. And honestly, I'm proud of me. I've been through a lot of crazy things and I'm sure other folks have too. But life ain't always easy, child. And it's okay to be proud of what you've been through and what you've done. Now I'm still learning how to do that, giving myself grace and whatnot. But I say this here and now because I want you and whoever else is listening to also just stop and tell yourself that you're proud of you because you deserve it. And speaking of what our community deserves, let's get into the recap for the week because I don't know about y'all, but I love being proud of my people. So first and foremost, let's talk Queen Latifah before we get any further. One of the greatest of TV and film, the greatest of the hair game, okay, because the wigs be laid, and clearly one of the greatest of the music industry. Earlier this year, the Queen was recognized as the first female rapper inducted into the National Recording Registry. And I'm not even in the business yet, but I know how much of an honor this is for music artists. Now and forever, let's never forget to give Queen Latifah her flowers because she really is one of the first and greatest to ever do a lot of things. That's just how it is sometimes as a black queer person. You become the first to do a lot. Someone else who has become the first to do things is Judge Jamal K. Walker. Did you know that he recently became the first openly gay federal judge in Virginia and the fourth con congressional district? Yeah, neither did I until I just told you. It's crazy to think that it's 2023 and we're still becoming the first to do things, but hey, I'm not for real mad at it. I guess it's just our time to shine. And you know what? Speaking of shining, I got some more good news for us. Kokomo City, the documentary about four black trans women directed by Dee Smith and executive produced by The Lena Waithe, won the Audience Award at the Berlin Film Festival. It stood out so much amongst the crowd that it even won them the Adobe Innovators Prize. Now it does hurt my heart that Rashida Williams one of the women featured in the award-winning documentary has passed away. But I hope that this piece in history continues to help her legacy live on. Take some time now to think about the people you've lost in life and the people still in your life. Think about why you're grateful for them and why you're proud of them and tell them that if you can, because they deserve to hear it. And as much as black LGBTQ people deserve to be remembered for who they were, they also deserve to be supported in who they currently are. So support them, period. That's a wrap on our Black Report with the QUE. And until next week, keep finding ways to celebrate yourself. Joining us today, we have a special guest. We have filmmaker, film festival organizer, executive producer, political consultant, nonprofit leader, board member, 
an executive director of Black Alphabet, the home to Chicago's first Black LGBTQ plus film festival, Adam McMath. Welcome, my friend, to the table. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm glad to have you here in this space with us to kind of talk a lot more about, you know, what you've been able to do mm-hmm. in your work, in your life, to be able to give you some flowers and celebrate a lot of those moments. Sometimes we don't always have them, you know, to shine a light on. So I want to be able to do that today and to be able to shine the light on what you've been able to do. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, we can get right into it because I know you have a lot of great experience that I want to be able to share, you know, with our audience and for them to know all about what you are doing. So to kind of start us off, I know that you've been filmmaking for a while, Mm -hmm. for a while. So can you take us through a little bit more about what that journey has looked like from you from, you know, getting started and getting interested in things to where you are now? Sure. So I want to start by crediting my parents, uh, because when I came to them when I was 18 uh, at the time, my dad's an architect. My mom uh, owns a chain of daycares uh, and they're both retired now. But at the time, they both wanted me to go into the family, one of the family businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but which I was not filming, which was not <laughs> film school, which was not. Film, and, and the biggest question at the time was, how are you going to make money doing this? Uh, but they were open enough to let me go to film school and then thereafter let my sister go to fashion school uh, and kind of let us take our own path. So um, it started there. I came to Chicago from St. Louis and uh, went to Columbia College Chicago like a lot of film uh, film yeah. folks in Chicago do. Columbia's pretty popular. Yeah, um, but much nicer now than <laughs> what it was when I was there. You think? I, uh, went, I went to speak at an event in Columbia a couple months ago and have a DJ in the student center and all that stuff okay, now. Didn't have that when I started in 2000. But um, so I started there. I, I was uh, lucky enough to get an assistant um, role with uh, the assistant director of the film department at the time, Rick Koken, who uh, was a sound um, in charge of sound on films like Home Alone at the time and all that stuff. So really. Uh, took me under his wing and got me on the sets that would not have gotten on to otherwise. Um, and really started my career that way. Did some a lot, did a lot of stuff on Hollywood sets, uh, both in Chicago, LA, and other cities, and then realized I didn't want to tell those stories. Yeah. <laughs> like none of, the, none of those people at the time yeah. looked like me. There were no black queer people in any of the stories at the time. And if they were, they were kind of the joke mm-hmm. uh, of the story. So I really pulled back and came back to Chicago. I'm sure that took a lot to it did. to take a step back from the work that you were doing to become a little more focused. Um, it did, but it didn't because Hollywood sets are political. Um, they're, I mean, they're extremely long hours, 14, 15, 16 hour days sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if you're not the director or producers or uh, actors. So um, it, it was kind of a, it, it was, it was kind of a, a scary step back because you know Hollywood is more lucrative. Yeah. Um, so I came back to Chicago, started doing corporate film, which is uh, very lucrative, but again, will suck your soul. Um, and then started to really work with friends on their films. I, I directed a film uh, called Misunderstood, which was about masculine-associated lesbians that came out in about 2012 at this point. Mm. It was a really uh, low-budget documentary. You gotta start somewhere though, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I shot it in my living room. What? um, And it went all over the world, which was a a shock. That's dope, congratulations. uh, Thank you. And the first time I showed it, 
was at uh, the first annual Black Alphabet Film Festival, which is how I found out about the film festival. So, Shameless plug. That's yeah. crazy. That's that full circle moment, how they came back for mm-hmm. you and now seeing what you're continuing to able to do with them. It's, yep. it's, it's amazing to see. So, yeah, so that's how I ended up, next year I ended up joining um, the team at Black Alphabet Film Festival and moved it forward from there. So. so throughout the work that you've been able to do in both you know, your own personal life throughout Hollywood, coming back to Chicago and the more corporate film realm, what out of that you know, continued to inspire you to do what you were doing and to tell more of those authentic stories? Sure, so uh, there, there's this narrative going around, particularly in Hollywood, that says 12 stories have, only 12 stories have ever been told. Mm, so, uh, curious. So it's, it's essentially the, the same tropes uh, Re, retooled, remixed, yeah. and, and and put back out there. Yeah. I think Liam Neeson plays the same character once a year, every year. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I didn't want to tell those stories anymore. I thought those stories were kind of, you know, not of me and, mm-hmm. and not authentic to me. So I was inspired by people that I uh, moved around with in Chicago, chosen family in Chicago. I did a music video for a drag queen at the time uh, that was pretty well known in Chicago called Scion Flair. And I saw the power of what filmmaking can do with just doing that pro bono music video shoot for Scion. Mm -hmm. Uh, That music video was all over Asia, all over the country, all over uh, clubs all over the country. Got a lot of credibility there. That stuff kind of, yes, and then it was on MTV for a while. So that kind of stuff kind of pushed me to really continue to do the work the way I wanted to do the work Mm -hmm. and not necessarily go after money but go after the vision and then the money comes. Yeah, and even in those moments, like you're still telling those authentic stories, mm-hmm. which in my opinion is valuable enough, you mm-hmm. know, to society and to the impact that you're leaving, mm-hmm. being able to create and not just for yourself, but also create with other people, right? right? To be able to bring other people into that mission and to, you know, what that collective impact continues to look like and grow into. Right. It's beautiful. Right, and anybody that does a collective artistic experience knows that that's a family. Yeah. In a, in a, in a tight knit, that you will fight, you yeah. will love, and you will, you know, complete the mission together. A lot of trauma bonding. Happening. Yeah. And you're, and then you're bonded together forever. Yeah. Uh, and I love that experience. And you, I mean, I, I've been on many sets, and I have chosen families from each of the sets, and uh, I think that's uh, part of the reason why I keep doing that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the work that I'm doing now with nonprofits and whatnot, trying to bring other people that have the talent, don't necessarily have the resources in, so they can experience the same thing as me. Yeah, I love that. Can you talk about that a little bit more, about the sure. work that you're doing with nonprofits, especially with Black Alphabet, sure. being you know this very iconic and historic community and space for people that are interested in film and engaging in the arts, you know, around Chicago. What does that continue to look like for you supporting that mission? Sure, so uh, Black Alphabet uh, in particular uh, has changed drastically since I've um, started to run the organization. Um, I think I started running the organization about seven years ago. Um, And originally the film festival, it it was just a film festival. That was the only program that we did. And um, really, you know, create a community around uh, sto- uh, people coming into a room and seeing themselves on screen. Um, right before the pandemic, I uh, produced and edited a film uh, with Daryl Stevens and Samson McCormick mm-hmm. in it, um, and I wanted to show that film. Two iconic 
yeah, two, yeah, yeah, very iconic. And and um, and I had an easy connection with Samson. I was managing him at the time, so I really wanted to bring that film to Chicago. Uh, it and Miss Laura was in it, so we had a lot of, uh, and it was really a, a story about Samson's life and his experience with his mom. Uh, and I wanted to bring that film to Chicago during Mental Health Awareness Month, which we're in now, and have a discussion about how trauma impacts, trauma in the family impacts black uh, gay people, mm -hmm. in this case, black gay men. And that experience, uh, I think we've had about 120 people show up to a, a, an event that was supposed to have 100 people at it, but That's I digress. Um, so getting people out to it really is, and it was a rainy day, and yeah. you know Chicago, you know how Chicago is, and uh, we had a lot of folks come out to that event. We had Daryl come, we had Samson come, and we had a psychologist um, on a panel uh, that I hosted. And what I noticed during that event was most people had questions for the psychologist. Mm. Uh, so that informed me that I could I could shift and leverage art to address things that disproportionately impact our community, mental yeah. health, HIV AIDS, yep. uh, any any other uh, any other uh, health disparity that you could think of that impacts us. So uh, that's the direction Black Alphabet's kind of going in now. We still have the film festival, but as you know, we uh, as a board member, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a board member, uh, you know, but we have art therapy sessions, free art therapy sessions for youth, adults and seniors. Y'all can sign up for those now. Please do. Um, and uh, just before I got here, when is this, is this, is, this is an airing before next Tuesday, right? No? May. Okay, May, okay, good. So um, we, just got, we just got a large grant for a space uh, from the city, uh, which Lori Lightfoot, our current mayor, uh, will announce on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. so, that, so all of these things uh, are for the community for artists or non-artists to come in and create, uh, have a space to to and an outlet um, to be to be better people and to be a part of, uh, be a part of community. I'm Ugo Balta, host of the podcast Three Questions with. Since August of 2022, Chicago has given sanctuary to over 8,000 migrants. They want to give back. They want to work. They want to pay their taxes. They want to be productive members. They don't want to hand out. Join us on Wednesdays at 7.30 in the evening via Channel 19, streaming on CanTV.org and the CanTV Plus app. Um, I also, and I don't know if you know this, I also am a executive director of a production company. Oh, uh, well, LGBT no, I did not know that. Production company in Oakland. Let's talk about it. That uh, produces films about... Uh, the black queer experience, but mostly uh, we produce films about the Harlem Renaissance. And uh, so it's very interesting being a part of that organization. Uh, it's called Sugar Films uh, that really produces stuff about Ma Rainey, Bessie Smith, uh, you know, Langston, all, all of those folks. And uh, doing period pieces on a micro budget is really fascinating, interesting, exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last film that we did, Billy Porter narrated mm -hmm. <laughs> the film, Smoke, Lewis, and Jade. Mm -hmm. uh, so really a lot of stuff like that uh, is really what keeps me coming back because there are people like Billy Porter that will jump in on a you know a micro-budget film and, and do a favor for people that he likes. Yeah. Uh, to or amplify for story voices. Likes. Exactly. So um, 
there's a lot of work going on, uh, and, and I kind of kind of forget what I'm uh, what I'm doing at times. Yeah. I, you know, I have people around me to help me keep organized. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things for Black Alphabet yeah. that, uh, coming up. We have somebody piloting our program in Kenya. Exciting! As of last week, wow. so a lot of great things. We have Cincinnati next month, <laughs> as you know. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of interesting things. I think Black Alphabet is the only Black LGBTQ. Uh, film festival running in the country still. There's one in Atlanta, but it's connected to Black Pride. Uh, so I hope that we have more pop up because we are here. Uh, and I look at it, I look at our community as uh, really the, the, the parents, I don't wanna say godfather or godmother, <laughs> but the parents of culture. Yeah. A lot of culture comes yeah. from our community and I, I think it's time for us to really amplify that. Yeah, I agree. And it's important for us to continue to reiterate, you know, one, how often, you know, these experiences and events are happening around the city mm. and the nation, because not many people know about them. So we want to get the word out so mm. that we can get more people and more people from our community at these events, but also just important for us to talk about it mm -hmm. and to celebrate the fact that these things are happening, like all the work that you're doing, all mm -hmm. the work that Black Alphabet's doing, all the work that these other organizations mm -hmm. and production companies are doing to bring light to the experiences and the stories and the history of what Black queer, trans, and non-binary culture looks like mm -hmm. is vital, yep. you know? And it, it brings much more emphasis to the work that we're doing and highlighting, you know, the importance of other people to come in next to us and mm -hmm. behind us to continue this work. Yep. So I'm glad that, you know, you've been able to do so many great things and create so many opportunities, not just for yourself, but for other people that are coming, you know, next to you and behind you yep. to also be able to do the same thing. Thank you. And I, and I just want to mention that it is collective. It's not yeah. just me. Um, I, I do, uh, love collaboration. I, I don't, ne I never want to work in a silo. <laughs> um, and I also want to uh, point out that, uh, you know, one of the things that the founders uh, of Black Alphabet uh, came across is the 10th year this year. Uh, a lot of things to celebrate. Yeah, it's a big year. So yeah, is. Um, is that it's not a competition. Um, we are not competing with Reeling, which is uh, the oldest LGBTQ film festival a second, second oldest in the country, oldest in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually partner with them quite a bit. They do a lot of cross promotion um, with us as we do them. Uh, so I really want us to come together as a community. If somebody else starts a Black LGBTQ Film Festival, great, I'll help you. Yeah, uh, let's do this together. <laughs> let's just do it together. It's not a competition. It's not who's better, who, who, uh, who's right, who's wrong. It's about let's, let's come together and build something for people that come after us. Yeah, I agree. So thinking about the importance of this platform and these stories, what does black queerness mean to you and how does that continue to show up in your work? Sure, so it really means, for me, it means community and it means chosen family. Uh, I am lucky enough to have a fantastic relationship with my parents and family, but I have an amazing connection uh, with my chosen family, mm -hmm. and I and I found that chosen family through art uh, and just being in the community. Uh, so that's what it really means to me. Um, and I think we uh, really help each other survive. Um, I have a a great friend um, who's significantly older than me. I think he's in his uh, mid seventies, and we talk every day. And it's a it's a real chosen yeah. friendship, yeah. Um, and we bounce off each other. Sometimes I have an issue that uh, 
he he helps me solve and vice versa. And I think it's I think it's those type of relationships that really mean community and black LGBTQ to me. Yeah, and we don't have that enough, mm-hmm. you know, having those older figures in our lives to be able to mentor us right. or give us insight, you know, on how they have lived and mm-hmm. how we can, you know, make those experiences and outcomes better for us. Mm-hmm. Or even just to have a sounding partner, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, somebody just to talk to mm-hmm. and vent to maybe, or just to have some similar, you know, conversations with. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm glad that you have that and I hope that more people are able to find that in our community. So if you are someone older, looking to reach out, you know, find someone that you can connect with. If you are someone younger who is looking, you know, for that inspiration or someone to vibe with, essentially, you know, make that connection. But it's important, so I'm glad that that's continuing to happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's vital to the survival of our community and, and people in the community. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So thinking about, you know, what that older figure has looked like for you, has there been anything in your life that you, may have struggled with, you know, to overcome in the beginning, but now looking back on it, it has brought you a lesson or something that you've learned from? Sure, so uh, being my authentic self has always been a struggle for me. Um, Mm -hmm. People see me in the community all the time, and they're like, he's out, out. (laughs) And and I I mean, to this day, and and this is something that is in the back of my mind, I pick and choose who I tell uh, a lot of my outness or my, uh, my, my, queer stories too. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for sharing space with me today. Oh, absolutely. And 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 it's it's actually uh, uh, interesting because I, I mean, uh, Harvey Milk used to say, you know, uh, come out of the closet. He, he, he basically wanted everybody to come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. And for us that there there could be uh, some violence associated with that or, or you know, uh, other harmful things associated with that. So it's a little bit different for everybody. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily struggle with it with my family or anything like that, but that's not the first thing that I put out there when I meet new people. Right. Um, it's, it's something that I have to- uh, Invite them into. Invite them into and trust mm-hmm. them enough to share that with. Yeah. Um, most people say, oh, well, and most people in the community be like, oh, they assume, trust me. I'm like, no, actually you'd be surprised. Yeah. Most people, don't assume with me. So uh, that, that's something that I've, uh, I think most of us have struggled with. So that's something that I'm still gradually working on. It's putting my whole self out there. Um, and that's something that um, even when I worked in corporate America, uh, something we didn't talk about today, uh, you know, part of our uh, diversity and inclusion strategy is will everybody be able to bring their whole self to work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of the time people can. So, uh, you know, it, I, I think that's a universal struggle, but uh, nonetheless, it, it's still a struggle for me. Yeah, I agree. And I resonate with that so much because I too, you know, have had those those experiences where I didn't feel like I could show up, you know, mm-hmm. whether that was to work or even to family events or different things like that, feeling like I can, you know, show up as my full authentic self. And that has been a constant Thing. I wouldn't say a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, some days it might be a struggle, but it's something that I'm constantly working on, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to continue to show up 
as my full authentic self in a lot of these spaces. So thank you for showing up as your full authentic, transparent self here with me today, being able to share a lot of these stories with our people. I hope that they truly have heard and resonated with what you said and have felt it, you know, so that they can continue to share these moments, these gems, these reflection pieces with their peers and continue to do the same thing. And hopefully the work that we're doing continues to grow and expand and people really see the impact of our community. So thank you so much, Adam, for for joining us today and for, again, bringing this light to our space, to the table. Y'all, if y'all have not felt the light today, the light is here. So thank you so much, Adam, for again, for wrapping us up and for bringing so much of your light into our world. Thank you. Thank And Darius, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. For now, you all, we're going to jump to our open space, an opportunity for us to let go, be free, and just live. Stick around for the vibes. All right. So today's game is called This or That. It's going to go one or the other way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you two different options. You can let me know which one you're feeling a little bit more of. Okay. All right. It's going to okay. be real simple, real cute, real fun, real quick. All right. So bowling or basketball? Basketball. Really? Yep. Hmm. Played varsity all four years of high school. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Skating or skateboarding? Uh, skating. Okay. Have you been a skater? I've skated. I probably wouldn't do it. You're not a often, <laughs> but definitely not skateboarding. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I feel that same. Crossword puzzle or a Sudoku? Crossword puzzle. Mm. What's your favorite? Uh, the New York Times crossword puzzle because right. I can never get it done. Yeah, yeah. The newspaper ones are always the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coloring or painting? Um. Okay. This has changed. Probably painting now. Mm. It yeah. changed from when you were younger. Yeah, I, I used to love coloring, but now painting is is therapeutic for me. So. Yeah, it is art therapy. Yeah, exactly. Let's plug. Reading or listening to music. Ooh, now that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with reading mm-hmm. um, because I'm a voracious reader and I like to learn. So reading. Same here. About yeah. the same way. Lastly, sleeping or watching TV. Uh, watching TV. You'll choose watching TV over sleep? Yeah, I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I sleep like maybe five hours a night. Maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah. same here. Yeah. I feel like that's enough time. That's honestly. enough, yeah. <laughs> it's an adult. My body just wakes me up. I'm not so. growing anymore, so it's not. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's all that we have today, so cool. thank you for joining us for this game. I, it was fun to me, hopefully. It was no, it was not. That was, that, was, <laughs> that was great. Get a little bit, you know, a little bit more information and insight into who you are, a little bit more character. We love to bring some more character to the people. But thank you again, Adam, for, again, joining us here at the table, bringing all that you have, your transparency, your authenticity, and your whole self to this space with us to be able to share your light with the rest of the world. We'll be back next week, you all, with more Black queer folks being represented at the table. But until then, peace out.